Another week is in the books. Welcome to week 11 of the NFL season, and welcome to the What the Fantasy podcast. As always, joined by the one and only Tom Goslowski, looking great with that no-shave November beard. Kyle Ray, I can't see his beard, but I know it's there. Kyle Ray also joining us. Give them a follow at RayRay8134. Follow Goz at T-O-M-G-O-Z-Z. And follow the podcast at What the Underscore Fantasy. Kyle, because you were late to this podcast, I'm going to hey, start yeah. with this. How are you feeling a couple days after what's being called Hail Murray? So I think that title's stupid. Um, I'll go with, Whoa. Lucky, I'll go with Whoa. Lucky Murray. I'm already cutting you off. That's fine. Lucky uh, so Murray. Yesterday, and this is, this is the age we live in that I, I really hate, is that it's almost impossible to be original. So I work for CBS 6 in Albany, and <laughs> – when we do our shows, when I produce, I have to, I try to come up with witty, they're called supers. It's the lower part of the screen where you see there's someone's name who's talking. So Tom Goss, ESPN Radio. I try to get witty, I try to get punny. And so I was writing the recap for the Bills Cardinals. And I, I'm not kidding. I did not see it on social media. I came up with Hale Murray pretty quick. I was like, oh, cool. But then I just immediately thought, like, there's no way I'm the first one that came up with this. Sure enough, go on Twitter. There's already a freaking hashtag, Hail Murray. So now I don't I look like I'm stealing someone else's idea. I swear to God, it was an original thought, but obviously I'm not the only one who came up with it. Anyway, I think it's a great – dude, Hail Mary, Hail Murray, come on. It's great. No, I'm fine. Like I, like I said – like I told you guys, like that was an incredible drive by the Bills, and it was like, holy crap, it's not over. And what I text in our group chat, chat, I literally said, it's not over. They still have two timeouts. Right, and and they have DeAndre Hopkins, and you saw D Hop. So I'm not mad. I, those are gonna happen. It's the NFL, seven and three. It is what it is. But lucky, lucky uh, throw in the air to to one of the best wide receivers in the league. Yeah, I'll, it is what it is. You know, Kyle, I got a question for you here. I Levac and I had this discussion on Monday about the Bills fans. Don't losses like that hurt way worse than losses when the Bills stink? I feel like when your team's competitive and you lose a game like that, your attitude's not, oh, well, you know, we still got a chance for the playoffs and division title, which may be true. Maybe we look back and it's not a big deal. But I feel like when your, your team's good, those losses hurt way more when, if the Bills were like 6-10. and 10. I, See, I don't, I don't feel like it that way because when I'm 6-10, okay. and 10, I'm looking at all the nitpicky stuff that would make us a better team versus this one I go, I had – uh, one of the best tandem safeties on Hopkins, plus uh, Travis White on Hopkins, and he just out-jumped him, I shrug my shoulders and go, it is what it is. I mean, but that's why D-Hop is incredible and why the Texans are complete morons. Oh, absolutely. That's going to go down as one of the worst. It already has gone down as one of the worst Easily. we've ever seen. Because what's David Johnson done this year? <laughs> it was, uh, Bill O'Brien, you son of a gun. Uh, I wish – I wish that there had been more cameras on like all of our faces when that play happened. Like my mouth was agape for like literally five minutes. I would, cause they showed so many angles of that replay. Unbelievable play by Deandre Hopkins. Yep. And so and I asked you guys this and, and one of our friends said it wasn't said, but I saw it all over Twitter. Did you guys hear, did I and Eagle say that Stephon Diggs is the best wide receiver in football? Yes. He did say it. Okay. Because I, like, I missed it. I didn't hear it. But then I saw people on Twitter say it. Is that one of, like, it's, I'm not calling it a jinx. 
But like, that is pretty hilarious that that was said. I think what was a great drive, Kyle said, Josh Allen, but another game winning, you know, potential game winning drive. Stephon Diggs had a great game. He's been phenomenal with the Bills. There's a great connection with Allen. But I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty great that he says, and I don't, and I don't think anyone really views Stephon Diggs as the best wide receiver. In football. Ooh, all right. So that's where I'm curious because it feels like Hopkins heard. Right. I like, right? I heard someone on the radio. It might have been you. It might have been you in the back, guys. Where someone like did someone in the uh, the Cardinals booth call down to the sideline, like put D Hop on the phone. They just said Stephon Diggs is the best. What are you gonna do about it? All right. So let me ask because honestly, that was gonna be one of my uh, mirages today. Real mirage is DeAndre Hopkins the best. And if it was you didn't catch the ball, like Diggs is having a great season. I think it's one of those classics: most outstanding versus most valuable. Josh Allen might be the most outstanding player for the Bills, but maybe Diggs is the most valuable Bill. I think Diggs might be viewed as one of the most underrated in football. Like he yeah. never gets he never gets brought up in that discussion. It's always the same guys. I mean, Decaf has been the newcomer to that group of in the argument of who's the best. Um, but it's always the same guys for the last five years. It's been DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, who's been hurt this year, Julio Jones. Like, we've had the same guys that are in that discussion, and, and DK's joined it. Stephon Diggs is never even brought up. And I think that's a, uh, the reason they played with Kirk Cousins for all the beginning part of his career. But now in Buffalo, like, with a more competent quarterback with a, a bigger arm like Josh Allen, we've seen Stephon Diggs is one of the most unguardable guys in football. It should be the, man, the, the instruction manual on how to run routes. Yeah, yeah. No, I completely agree. So actually, I was going to bring up this point because, um, well, first, one more thing about the, the D-Hop Stephon thing. I, admit, I completely forgot that they were traded on the same day. Yeah, wild, right? right. So let me ask you this. Well, it's going to be a two-part question. The first one's going to be a quicker one. Who's been the bigger, um, I don't know if I want to call it an X factor, who has been more valuable on their new team? Has it been Stephon Diggs on the Bills, or has it been DeAndre Hopkins on the Cardinals? Because it's a very similar situation where both teams needed a guy, like needed that guy to make their offense more explosive, and both of them have delivered in almost the same way. I think you have to go – who's made the bigger impact is Stephon Diggs. He has evolved that offense to where now it's not John Brown who needs to run all the primary routes. He has opened up the board to Cole Beasley who has not been able to see those kind of underneath routes because Diggs is consistently getting that over-the-top safety help. Don't get me wrong. DeAndre Hopkins, I think, has evolved the, the Murray offense because uh, he can make those crazy catches. But I think Stephon Diggs has evolved that Bills offense – to what we saw, a Josh Allen that was averaging 220 yards a game, if that, uh, 61% passing, if even that, I think it was like 58 last year, to a 300 yards per game, 70% passer completion rating. Just it, That offense, that passing attack is unreal. I agree with Kyle. I feel like Hopkins may still be a better wide receiver because he's been more yep. consistent over years, but the Cardinals – probably are still a good team without Hopkins because of the offense. They're a lot better with him. What is Buffalo without Diggs? Mm -hmm. Are the Dolphins closer? Are they in the mix for potentially not being a playoff team because of how competitive the six and three teams are in the AFC? I will go with Diggs, but boy, it's close. It's a really good question. All right. Here's the second part of that question. If you could have in fantasy football, one of these duos, which one would you prefer? 
Would you rather have the duo? And again, this is in fantasy. Team. I know where you're going with this. Would you rather have Murray and Diop? Would you rather have Allen and Diggs? I'll throw in, how about Wilson or DK? Rogers or Adams? Mahomes or Hill? And if you wanted to replace Hill with Kelsey. So what is the best on the same team fantasy duo that you would want to have? Um, that's a great man. Chet's been nailing these questions today. Yep. I would go Murray and Hopkins only because it's very close across the board for those guys. My difference is the rushing touchdown still. Is he top two now in the league? I believe like Cam Newton's third and Murray's second rushing touchdowns. That's six to four points. Doesn't seem like a huge deal, but it absolutely is. That's why I give the edge to Murray and Hopkins. Uh, I think I have to agree with, with, um, with guys just because of the legs right. and the way that you know my feeling on Murray as a passing quarterback Hopkins can catch anything and Murray's legs are just so much more valuable I think it's probably not as far as a lot of people think like oh no it's Murray Murray and Dehop. I think Josh Allen is probably number two followed by Mahomes and Hill slash Kelsey the only reason I put uh, Mahomes and Kelsey slash Hill at three is because there's those two weapons versus you got the Allen and Diggs one that you know you're going to get the the guaranteed routes and catches by Diggs where one game it's all going to go to Kelsey, one game it's all going to go to Hill, or it's an even split and each one gets 12 points or something like that. No love for Rodgers and Adams, huh? No. Rodgers is Adams has been unstoppable. Adams, yes. Rodgers has been very inconsistent for some, in some games. Like he'll just put up a dud. Yeah, I guess, I guess Rodgers, compared to those other five quarterbacks, he's the least likely to run. Mahomes yep. isn't too far behind either. But, yeah, the other three guys. Wilson hasn't run a lot this year either, but um, you know, a couple bad games for Wilson back-to-back. Yeah, I think, it's a, I think it's a great discussion. I would probably go Murray Dehop as well. I think the, the ceiling is highest for Murray because of the ability to rush, and he's been so consistent. Um, so, yeah, I'd probably go Murray Dehop as well. Um, maybe, just maybe, will Jameis Winston and Michael Thomas join that group at some point this year? Uh, probably not, but he is an interesting waiver wire ad. Uh, quarterback is going to be an interesting play this week. It's, it's getting crunch time in your fantasy leagues. You likely have three weeks left to either solidify a playoff spot, earn that first round buy, whatever it may be. But the Bills are on a buy, so every team – I mean, Josh Allen should be started in 100% of leagues, so those teams are looking for a quarterback. Drew Brees out for at least two to three weeks. I – I don't know about you. I'm not a doctor. I haven't seen the records. I do have a bro- future brother-in-law who has seen the records, but he can't tell me any information. Um, but, I mean, that's- whoa, 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 whoa. Go, go, go back. What are you talking about? You got to connect oh, yeah. to the So friends. my fiance's brother-in-law works for Oshner Hospital, which they read the medical records for the Saints. But he is obviously sworn because of HIPAA. He can't tell me anything. Wow. I mean, as someone who he is actually a huge fantasy football player – I feel like that's a completely unfair advantage. <laughs> he knows everything that's wrong with Drew Brees. Um, but, yeah, I mean, from the sounds of it, absolutely brutal. Broke, you know, rib, broken ribs on both sides. Was it a collapsed lung? I saw a picture of him yesterday blowing into that machine that has to inflate his lungs. Like, that guy's in rough shape. And I don't know when he's going to come back, but right now it looks like Jameis Winston – well, it's his time to shine in that Saints offense. Is he the future in New Orleans? 
But we'll start that. I'm going to Kyle, Kyle take over with the waiver wire in a second. But let's just talk about that. Do you, with the Buccaneers, Jameis Winston was the biggest wild card in fantasy. Had the ability to get you 30 points or negative five with how many interceptions. The Mr. 30, 30 for 30. What do we think? Do we have any trust in Jameis Winston running that Saints offense? I do, and he is the number one waiver ad for me this week. couple reasons why. Obviously, if you guys looked, you know who he's playing. He is playing the Atlanta Falcons. Woof, that secondary. So, right. um, that secondary is hot garbage. I think he's a great waiver wire ad for somebody like me who has Josh Allen in two leagues, and I need that backup quarterback. I also think there's going to be a huge difference when you can actually see Jameis Winston take a few minutes in the pocket. He's got some pass protection around him, unlike in Tampa Bay last year. There were a lot of issues with their role. Jameis rolling out of the pocket. That's where he got himself in trouble, throwing those across-the-body throws. Um, so I actually like Jameis Winston there, and I also think Kamara is going to help him a tremendous amount by being able to bail him out on those short throws when nothing's open downfield. I love Jameis Winston uh, for fantasy purposes. Remember, was he a top five fantasy finisher last year because of all the touchdowns? Now, the interceptions put him back. But I believe he was top three in yards and touchdowns in 2019. And I always say believe because it's like, did that really happen? Like, was Jameis Winston really that good statistically? And he was. Here's the other thing that jumps out to me about Winston. I don't know if you guys got a chance to see him actually get into the game against the Niners. I know we had it on the radio side here at 104.5, the team. Doesn't he look smaller? Is he on like the keto diet? Is he doing the whole thirty? I think he he's looks eating a lot of crabs. Crabs, crabs. <laughs> or maybe he's not eating the crabs. He's paying he for it this time, though. Small, right? He looks like tiny compared to what he used to look like. Yep. And we have to bring up. Didn't he have LASIK surgery? Isn't that a thing? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yeah. So we'll see. You know, no more squinting when he looks over to the sideline or try to see his receivers downfield. I think Sean Payton can do wonders for him. And I also yep. wonder, I mean, he looked, he looked pretty sharp when he, I mean, they didn't ask him to do a lot when he took over for Breeze in that Niners game. But like, this is the first time in Jameis Winston's career where he was able to take a step back, right? Like get back to, to learning, reading a defense. I think things started to snowfall in Tampa Bay when you're throwing so many interceptions in a season. And then like, it's hard to make those adjustments in a, in a week, you know, like before you know it, you're back out there and you're making the same mistakes again. Um, I think this is a better team, better situation for him where they're not going to ask him to throw it deep down the field all the time. Like, like Kyle said, trust Alvin Kamara, trust Michael Thomas on slants. Like we're not going to ask you to do a whole lot. And we saw Teddy Bridgewater take over last season and how effective was he, you know, coming in and taking over through threes. So I, I agree. I think he's absolutely worth an ad. Um, if you need him this week, you're going to play him. If you have a better option, stash him and see what it looks like because you're going to have a few weeks where you're going to be able to see, hey, if he, if he, if he does well against the Falcons, you're going, to have, you're going to have confidence in him the week after. So, yeah, I think he's absolutely worth an ad. Yep. Um, my top running back of the week. Uh, so there's a couple running backs that I can think you can actually look at adding. Um, number, I'll, I'll save number, my big one, but I think you can look at adding Ahmad um, out of, from the Dolphins. The only thing I want to caution people on is this one week. Do not fall under the recency bias. Um, he looks good, though. He looks fast. Like, yes, and for then, sure. And then you saw, you saw what happened yesterday. The Dolphins released Jordan Howard. Yep. Well, they so, obviously like what they see, but you're going to have Matt Breida maybe coming back at some point. But I, it, it amazes me. It's just another example of I – think, I think teams overvalue running backs. 
Like, sure, Christian McCaffrey's a game changer. Dalvin Cook's a game changer. But if you have a solid offensive line and a good scheme, clearly what the Dolphins have shown on Sunday is you can plug a guy. How many people have heard of him, honestly? None. Zero. Have you ever heard of him? I, no. I don't know where he went to school. I don't know where he came from. Um, and he looked great. Like, you have to have an explosive ability. Don't get me wrong. But if you are able to open holes for a running back, you're going to be just fine. So, yeah, I was completely surprised when I saw him, you know, busting off some big runs. Um, do I have confidence in it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't yep. know. Um, the other one that I think you could take a flyer on, um, just he's a, he's a temporary ad, and I think we mentioned him last week, still Blodge is available in a lot of leagues. Yeah. Um, so I grab you him. You guys laughed at me a little bit last week. I did. Oh, I did. did. He's looking pretty good. 40 touches over the last – 40 carries over the last two, two weeks. Dude, they're feeding him, man. Yep. And he's been productive. He's, he's moving the ball. Yep. And then the biggest ad I think that's still out there, it's weird because um, if you're playing in Yahoo leagues, the, the percent rostered is ridiculously low compared to ESPN. Naheem Hines. On, and the reason I put him there, he's 52% rostered in ESPN leagues. Somehow he's not rostered in all leagues. Yahoo, he's rostered in 19%. <laughs> So, Yahoo players, get your head out of your butt. You need – he needs to be in a lot of rosters. Okay, let's talk about that for a second. We, talk, we always talk about recency bias. So, obviously, Naeem Hines looked great on Thursday Night Football against the Titans. There, that, there still is Jonathan Taylor. There still is Wilkins. Is that one of those – are you starting Naeem Hines? I think, I think if, you're in a, if you're in a tight spot. He's like a flex wanna, play? He's a flex, that's how you kind I, of do him? I think he's a great flex play. And if you look at it, so he led all the running backs in snaps last week, touches and total yards, obviously. Um, this was his, also his third multi-touchdown game. He gets involved in the passing game more than any of them. And uh, only once has he uh, had only under one, one uh, catch, and that was his worst game of the year at Minnesota. So just the passing ability helps. Um, the, the rotation at running back helps. I think I love your, your point of him being a flex player. And if you're in a tight spot because of how tough running backs have been and you have a bye week running back, you might not be a bad running back to play. Let me even go further with the Colts as a team because as we've been talking, all my mirages are coming out. So, like, we're doing this segment now, which is great. Um, Real Mirage, the Colts are the toughest team to figure out when it comes to starting players weekly in fantasy football. Real. I would go real, too, because you mentioned Hines. You have Taylor. Wilkins. How about the wide receivers? I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think they're startable. Well, there you go. Like, I have a situation in one league where I had a couple guys on bias this week. You have Pascal, who should have gotten to the end zone, but gets called back. And you have Michael Pittman, who had over 100 yards receiving. So, like, I got a guy who was going over 100 yards in November with Phillip Rivers. If he gets in the end zone, he gives me a double-digit game on a bye week. Like, I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing with the Colts. I think they're the toughest team, the team of, oh, my God, what am I doing? You're just staring at it on Sunday before kickoff. Like, I'm going to lose a game because I'm going to start the wrong Colt guy on offense. Real for me. And maybe you're right, Chad. Like, if you're at this point and you're balancing Colt players, you're probably not good as a team. Like, your team's probably probably struggling. Yeah, if you invested in any – in your draft, you invested in the Colts, you're probably kicking yourself. Because – so, here you go. How would you currently – going into this week, who are the Colts playing? Does anybody know off the top of their head? Uh, I actually have it right here. They are playing – the Green Bay Packers. Packers. Like I said, the Packers. Okay, so for you guys, rank for me where you would put the Colt running backs. I'm assuming <sighs> Wilkins is at three, right? We can all agree yes. on that. 
Yeah. What do you feel with Hines versus Taylor? I mean, Taylor has been on the injury report. He's obviously based on the snaps last week. Cause I didn't have to see the numbers just from watching the game. Hines was out there way more like, cause I, I had a friend who was, you know, making the decision of, do I bench Jonathan Taylor? Do I play them? And they decided to bench Taylor. And so we paid attention to that backfield all game. We're like, dude, Taylor's not even in the game. And you can see him with his bright blue shoes. Um, so yeah, where do you feel? Do you feel more confident starting Hines or Taylor this week? If you look at the past three games, I have to go Hines. I agree. Because yeah. Detroit, Detroit, 11 carries. Out, you already said it. It's, it's the pass catching ability. Yep. But also, the carries keep dwindling compared to Hines. 11, 6, 7. Hines is getting double-digit carries. I mean, I think you got to go there. And the pass catching ability, it's a two-for-one. And the dude has the ability to do a misty in the end zone. Yes. Can you talk about that? Like, my knees rattle every time I see him do that. And so I guess I'm, I'm turning into an old man, I guess. I don't know. Like, I see that, and I'm like, I cringe because I'm like, don't hurt yourself. Like, we've seen it happen. Wasn't it Houston who he did the sacks? Yes, two of them. And all he did was jump. All he did was jump. Hines is doing a literal freaking misty flip that I haven't seen anybody do since that snowboarder game on PlayStation, SSX, whatever the hell it was. Like, dude, I couldn't do that move on a trampoline. And he's doing it on the turf. And, like, I he did it twice. Was it two weeks ago or three weeks ago? And the second one, he almost didn't do the full rotation. He almost face-planted. But, like, if I'm the coaching staff, I'm like, Naheem, stop it. Like, you already did your freaking cool jump and you survived it. Don't do it again. Like, anyway, I think uh, – I, I prefer Naheem Hines this week. I would, too. And can we all stay, like, maybe in the future, stay away from Wisconsin running backs and fantasy? Because it seems oh. like they drive us all nuts, right? Melvin Gordon – uh, Jonathan Taylor, Monty Ball actually had an okay start, I believe, to like halfway through his rookie year. James White is always tricky. <laughs> all Wisconsin running back, Mel, I was in Melvin Gordon, but like all of them seems like they drive us nuts in fantasy. I I also called it last year. I thought, especially this year, when I saw he was going to the Colts in that offensive line, I said Jonathan Taylor was going to be the offensive rookie of the year, and it wasn't even going to be close. But he has kind of regressed quite a bit as the season went on. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch on this in a second. Actually, Kyle, you finish your waiver wire. Yep. The, the last one that I want to throw on the wa- waiver wire there and um, kind of shocked me a little bit that this many people uh, dropped him versus threw, threw him on his IR, Sammy Watkins might come back. Sammy Watkins is available in 31.8% of leagues. Um, there's a lot of talk about Jalen Rager, but Wentz is a bum, so I'm staying away from him. Um, but Watkins, coming back from that hamstring, yep, Sammy Hammy is a thing. Um, but he's worth having a roster spot, especially with the emergence of how many targets Robinson and Hardman are giving combined without him. But also, Hardman is currently being out. So even if that puts Sammy at the three, you have him on your bench for a week, maybe he comes back and has an explosive game. But that just makes that offense a little more lethal. I think Sammy Watkins deserves a roster spot and a potential flex play in, in, some, in some leagues, especially coming down playoff time. I like it. I like it a lot. All right, back to Taylor real quick. <clears throat> I wasn't planning on doing this, but – how disappointing have rookie running backs been? Oof. DeAndre Swift is finally coming into his own. I'm not sure what the hell took so long in Detroit for them to realize that he's their best running back. It's so I'm Detroit. glad he's finally taking over that role. But Clyde edwards Elair, after a hot start, has been very disappointing. Cam Akers, you might have dropped him at this point because he's not doing really anything in that Rams offense. He's the, he's the third guy. Somehow behind Malcolm Brown. And, and Henderson, Jonathan Taylor, touchdown dependent, really slowed down. Injuries might be that. J.K. Dobbins, that whole Ravens backfield, you can't start. Uh, Zach Moss, 
he might be able to make his way into your lineup if he's able to continue to take away touches from uh, Singletary. But, like, literally the only guys that have been great, there's, there might only be one. And he's all the way at the bottom. James Robinson mm-hmm. might be the best rookie. I mean, he is the best rookie running back right now. But all the guys that we anticipated to have big roles, man, how disappointing is that have the rookie running backs been? It's weird because, like, you can say – I think we actually covered this in an earlier podcast, too, of in drafts, it's good to take a flyer or a risk on a rookie-wide receiver because a rookie-wide receiver can pay off. We touched on how good the wide receivers have been. I think we're starting to learn you can't risk going with rookie running backs high because that can completely blow up your season. If you get guys who are putting up donuts or, like, three or four and you just sit in there wasting away in your starting lineup, it can cost you an entire – playoff spot i think in 2021 when we start evaluating the running back position those top tier guys may be more important than ever and it's gonna be weird because barkley got hurt mccaffrey got hurt and a lot of these impact players weren't playing but boy the risk at running backs and i wouldn't be shocked next year if we see more of these like wayne gallman davis these handcuffed picks even happening before the final round like some people like flyers on the backups are the best the running back rookie risk, I think, is over for fantasy managers. I think more than I think more than ever, you have to assess situations. Like, like what Kyle said. I mean, Jonathan Taylor coming out of college is, is great, but you have to look at okay, what's that Colts backfield going to look like? And it's amazing, Jonathan Taylor hasn't been what we thought he was going to be, and that's after the injury. Mm-hmm. To why am I drawing a blank of his name? Oh Lord. Um... M? I think Mac, but that's not right. Marlon Mac. Holy cow, it is Mac. The Mac Daddy. Um, so Mac goes down, and it's still a running back by committee. You look at J.K. Dobbins. We all thought coming out, okay, I mean, J.K. Dobbins is explosive coming out of Ohio State. Like, he's going to take over for Mark Ingram, right? How many people worried about Gus Edwards? So I think, I think more than ever, when you're going to assess these rookie running backs, like, it has to be a clear cut, this guy will not have competition. And we, that's what we thought with Clyde Edwards-Elair, and he didn't have competition at first. You couldn't have predicted Le'Veon Bell getting traded for that team. And even though Bell wasn't cutting that much, it, but you don't want a guy to come in and take away touches, right? But I think more than ever, you're just going to have to assess, okay, what will this look like? If there's going to be a committee for a rookie, you might want to stay away because maybe you're going to be wrong, but look at Cam Akers. Look at Cam Akers. We all thought he was going to take over and be RB1. He's in a committee, and he's the number three guy. So – yeah, super disappointing. I thought a lot of those guys were going to be way more productive than they were. So at this point of the season, miracles are very much welcomed, right? Like you, you need the wins to get into the playoffs. We're going we're gonna to tell you our bold picks of the week for week 11. But before we do that, Gaz and I both experienced fantasy <laughs> miracles. Uh, I'll start, I'll start guys. So I had already chalked up a loss. My, uh, my dynasty team completely underperformed. Thank you, James Conner. Thank you, AJ Brown. Just, uh, oh, thank you, freaking Jared Goff. Golly, that was frustrating. So yeah, I had already been like, oh, I lost. It's over. Um, it, I wound up, I, going into Sunday Night Football, I thought it was completely over. The guy I was playing had Cam Newton and the Ravens defense. I was already down. All I left was my defense. My defense just happened to be the Minnesota Vikings. The magic number for me to win was 12. And I got 12, baby. I could not believe it. 
That was a Vikings defense, if I'm not mistaken, heading into that game, was averaging one point per game. One of the worst defenses in fantasy in the entire league. Playing against the Bears team, the reason I started them is the Bears offense is pathetic right now. And so I was just praying. I was like, it wasn't even like I was praying because I'd already, I'd already conceded. I'd already accepted that I was going to lose. I was going to fall in the standings. I didn't even check my phone until near halftime, and they were at 11. And I was like, oh, oh hello there. Of course, the, the second half opens with that Cordero Patterson kickoff return for a touchdown. And I was like, oh, of course, it's, it's over, it's over. They freaking did it, man. 12 points maybe saved my season. Absolutely shocking. I won by decimal points over this guy because I needed 12. I got a 12. Yeah, can I also add that you won by 35 yards? They had 165 total yards. No, no, so, so by 35 yards and by one point. Yeah, that one point is because one of yeah. – <laughs> If they had kicked a field goal in the second half, I lost. Unbelievable. I think we talked about this before we get to God's miracle because um, God loves to bring up ways to improve a fantasy league based on settings. Do you think there should be a setting that you could add where you get a half a point to your defense if you force a three and out? No. No. <laughs> I, you could have, yeah. you could have a, a defense because it, it, it values turnover so much, right? Like you get, if you get the interception, if you get the fumble recovery – your defense, which I'm bringing up the Vikings, they forced three consecutive three and outs and didn't get any points from it because they weren't getting sacks. They weren't actually forcing a turnover, but they were actually – I think the, the stat was the Bears had three drives for like negative three yards. But there's no, um, there's no fantasy value in that. Aside I'm gonna from not you, Chad, I'm going to ask you that same question next week. Here's why you're asking that, because you're sitting there watching the Vikings saying, this defense is playing so good. Why am I not getting points for this? <laughs> You've gone through everything every fantasy manager does. I'll ask you that same question next week because I think your answer will be different. <laughs> if my defense sucks or yeah. if no, that, like, I'm playing. No impact on your victory, yes. You were looking for right. any way to win like every other fantasy manager. <laughs> I know. I, I think it's just – it's so hit or miss with defenses and special teams. Obviously, the biggest one is if your defense can score a touchdown, right? Like that is just – if, if you're able to get that on your a weekly team, or it happens for you, like you're doing Patriots something. of last year? What's that? The Patriots of last year? Right, right, where they seemed like they were getting a pick six every other week, if not more. Um, I don't know. I just think that there's got to be a way where we could tweak defenses where you get rewarded for more than just – like another example is, you know, because I was intently watching that Vikings defense last night. Um, I mean, they were crushing foals, but if they didn't get the sack, like – I don't know if intentional grounding should be a point. Like, there were I don't know. there are three options that I think that you they should look at adding. Um, return yards for both punt and kickoffs. Be, I think if you get like a hundred uh, punt and kickoff return yards, it's a point. Um, number two is fourth down stops. So if you stop a team on fourth down, right. it should be right. one point. That's a turnover. Intentional grounding should also count as a sack. You will not change my mind on that. I, I agree with actually all three of those. Ooh, yeah. But then, Kyle, on the flip side, do you think that kick return and punt yards should go into a category that works against the defense? So I thought about that yesterday where, like, if, if you get a great kickoff return, it shortens the field for the offense, right? Yep. So then your defense gives up less yards. 
So it's almost yeah, like as, as a defense, you know, if I have the Vikings, I am rooting for the Bears to have a great punt return because it, shut, it cuts the field in half. Right. I, I think, I think the, the hard part about it being tracked would be touchbacks. Do you count touchback yardage? Oh, I see what you're saying. So well, if you no, phys- I, would say, I would say just like you would, just like you would track. Just a physical return yards? Yeah, right. Because yeah, so if, if, like I said, let's say if, if, if the if your Cordell Patterson got tackled at the 10-yard line, your, your defense gave up no, no yardage on that entire drive. Right. Because he returned it all the way. You know what I mean? So I was thinking about that. So I think didn't um, – was it, was it Anthony Miller? Yeah, he had another really good return. A great uh, punt return. return. And I was pumped up about it. So I was like, oh, wow, I'm not going to – and that could have cost me the game. If yep. they had started that drive at the 20 and somehow, somehow moved the ball, which apparently they can't do, I could have lost that game. But because they had a punt return that got them to midfield, I was, I was like, great, let's just stop them here. And they end up going for it on fourth down and missing it. And I wound up winning. Um, guys, what was, your, what was your miracle this week? Mine's not as cool as yours. Yours is way better. I'm just going to say I'm playing uh, Jared in our WTF media league. And I was up two going into Monday night. He had Jimmy Graham. Two. Two, like a top five tight end. All he needs is basically two catches, and he beats me because the yards are going to come. Donut, and I win. No, by two. Jimmy so had that a donut. One, that one's not as fun because remember, every play matters, and the Bears are losing. So all it was going to maybe take was one catch, and twenty yards might have come. So there I am, like watching every second, hoping Jimmy Graham's out of the field, and I win. All Jimmy Graham needed was two points, and I would have lost. So you're like holding your breath on every snap. Yeah, I like, couldn't watch the looking up, Where is Jimmy's? Oh, man, those are brutal. I don't know which one was more uncomfortable. I was a little bit safer on that final drive because they needed a touchdown, so I wasn't worried about a field goal. And the yardage was almost irrelevant because I think Kyle, Kyle said I needed, they needed 40 more yards, but they were at the 50. So it was like either they were scoring or the yardage. Like I just needed a stop. Um, but, yeah, when you're, like, rooting against the player on every single snap, I've, we've all been there. And it's brutal. I don't even know if I would have been able to watch. I would just have to turn the game off and just, like, open my phone at, after the game and figure out if I won or lost. But uh, who's, who's leading that WCF league, by the way? I believe I lost this week. I think it's I all pretty Kyle, right? And then me and LeVac are both in the top two spots. And I think Jared's also up there somewhere. Come on, I got to be up there, too. Are we in different divisions? Yeah, Chet, Chet you're leading your division. It's, it goes Chet, LeVac, uh, in the West, it's me and Gaz. But Look I'm at that. Kyle's like eight and two, but I have outscored Kyle by 120 points. <laughs> yep. Look at that! Isn't that isn't that something? Yeah, that's going to be an interesting one. So for people that don't know, this is our uh, Albany Media League. Kyle, yes, you were included in the media because you are a professional podcaster. Um, but we got guys at at the CBS station. <laughs> Levac said he wanted to remind everybody he's in second place. I'm going to be and, first and, you, and you smoked me this week. <laughs> I did not Without Chris Carson, the lacking I got. Without Chris Carson. Without Chris Carson, <laughs> I have another league too. Yeah, yeah, you beat me with Mike <laughs> Davis and, and Kalen Balage. <laughs> Woo! Yes. Yeah, my team is great. We have, listen, we have a we have a we mentality on Team Love Action, whereas you know, no no player is, is greater than the whole of the team. <laughs> who balled out for you this week? Who was it? Justin Jefferson did well for you. Who's been a great ad? Tommy Brady killed you. Yeah. Tommy Brady. Call me boy. Yeah. Gronk got a touchdown. That was tough. 
It had to feel. It had to feel really terrible to throw John Brown on the scrap heap, and then have him be part of beating you when I picked him up in free agency. Oh, he's been garbage. It's not his fault. He's been, he's Double been digit hurt. points. Double digit points. <laughs> Double digits. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. All right. I'll see you guys. I gotta go work. I can't sit around like Gaz does all the time. <laughs> hey, Levac, Levac, hey, and Gaz. Check him out on one hundred four five. The team. Um, so since we want to help you guys get into your playoffs, we want, we want you to win your league. We're going to give you the bold pick of the week. We kind of did this last year on the podcast where we predicted which players were going to go above or below their projections. I think we called it the block them or block them. Um, so it's going to be similar to that. And I, and I will start it off. My bold pick of the week, it's, it's going to be very similar to my bold pick in the preseason. I told you guys just, Justin Jefferson was going to be a stud this year. He has lived up to expectation. He had a couple of down weeks uh, recently, but looked awesome last night on Monday night against the Bears. Jefferson is projected at 10.3 this week. I am predicting he's going to double his projection, meaning oh. he is going to be a 20-point performer this week going against the Dallas Cowboys, one of the worst defenses in football, ranked 30th uh, against receivers in fantasy this year. Jefferson hasn't scored a touchdown since week six. We are now in week 11. I think Jefferson's going to find the end zone at least one time. And again, he is going to have 20 fantasy points. If you have Justin Jefferson, start him. You should have been starting him already because he's been great. I think Justin Jefferson's going to have a big week. So my uh, bold prediction of the week is very similar to Chet's. Uh, with a double point projection, well, almost double points. I'm not going to say he's going to drop 34 on you. Uh, I think Jameis Winston is going to throw up 25 this week. Uh, projected at 16.7, going against the Atlanta Falcons. I also don't. I'm going to call it right now. He's not going to throw a pick. No interceptions for Jameis Winston this week. Okay. Jameis Winston, 25 points, three touchdowns. Give me it. No picks. You're just saying that because you're adding him on your team. And I will give – we have not done this in a while. Kyle, I want to do a beer bet with you. Jameis Winston will throw a pick. Done. Done. <laughs> do you want in on this, guys? Do you want in on the pick no. no pick? I'm going to stay away from that one because I don't know. Okay. I kind of want to see Jameis do well, and I've seen enough Winston picks that's hurt me over the years. You know what? I appreciate that with you guys because as you're wearing your Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> sweatshirt, not a lot of fans would still root for a guy who was a massive disappointment to their franchise. But I, know, I, I, I appreciate that, man. Like, I guess because you're a good guy. You're just a good guy. <laughs> just, just, uh, my, bold, my bold prediction is Michael Pittman Jr. I kind of teased it a little earlier. 9.3 is his number. They get the Packers. Here's the thing. If you think the Packers are going to blow away the Colts, which they could because the Colts are coming off a win against the Titans, but a little longer to prep, then they're going to throw the football a little bit. I think Pittman's going to become the number one target in Indianapolis after a 100-yard game, double-digit performance last week. I like Michael Pittman Jr have a monster game for the Colts. Are you going to put after I said how hard it is, Yeah, after I said how hard it is for the Colts players to start, now I'm going to start them this week. So how monster? Are you going to say, so just we have like a, a basis on whether you're going to be correct or wrong. Are you going to do a point total? Do you want to say he's going to be a top 20 play at wide receiver? I will say he will be a top 10 wide receiver, so like 15 points, like a touchdown, six catches, 80 you're yards. you saying like he's that. going to be a wide receiver one this week? Yes. Wow, I'm, bold, I'm writing you. this down. I'm going to end it with LOL. That is a bold play. I hope you're right. I hope you're right, Michael Pittman. He did look good, man. He was explosive on that Thursday night game. I wonder if, like, because it was a Thursday night game, 
not as many people watch, right? Like, you know, you might, you might have bedtime on Thursday or you just don't care about the Titans or Colts. And because it was on Thursday, you might have already forgotten, like, the fantasy-relevant players and the, the waiver wire ads. Dude, he was he, – he looked like the real deal in that game. His dad also, a lot of people think it's work done. His dad was the one who was the running back for the Bucs when they won the Super Bowl. So maybe I'm a little bit biased on that too. Oh, you're absolutely biased. You're two of the most <laughs> biased people I've ever talked to. Kyle and the Bills, you with the Bucs. Come on. I, I can't even see you, and I know you just blew a kiss at me. Yes, I did. Nasty. All right. Um, we really basically already covered most of the real mirages. Maybe we should do more of a prep show to figure out what they're going to be because we kind of destroyed Gaza's Real Mirage this week. We already talked about most of them. You have one left, though, right? One final Real Mirage for us. Real Mirage. Depth is overrated in fantasy football. Well, I, I got, this is like when you take a test and you have to read whether it's not – like you have to make sure you're answering it correctly. So you're saying it is overrated? Say the question again. Real Mirage. Depth is overrated in fantasy football. Mirage. I'm going to go real. You think depth's overrated? I think depth's a little overrated in fantasy football. It puts you in too weird of a spot of going, okay, I've got – pretend there's just one and one. I have to start either DeAndre Hopkins or Stephon Diggs. Who do I start? Or I have to start Josh Jacobs. Um, I, I think it puts you at a spot where you go, okay, well, I'm going to start this person – and then as soon as it backfires, you hate yourself for it. And then you're second-guessing yourself, and it, it becomes a colluded mess. I actually kind of think that's a, that's a strong point, um, that too much depth is definitely a, a disadvantage. I disagree, because you are, if you don't have depth, you're an injury away from being out of, the, out of it. So, like, if you don't have a running back to replace, let's say your top pick was Ezekiel Elliott. Well, a personal example, you know, Saquon Barkley, my top running back. If I don't have somebody, and you might get lucky on the waiver, but you might not. Like if, you, if you don't have waiver priority and you miss out on some of these guys, every week you're going to have to roll the dice with somebody. And so if you have a guy that – because we've seen so many injuries at every level, every position, whether it's CMC, whether it's Saquon, whether it's Stack Prescott, if you're having to rely on the waiver wire every week, you're likely not going to be successful. And so – Finding a way to have depth, you get to play the matchups more. You feel more confident whether you have a, a James Conner who has a bad matchup and you can then play somebody else. And, yeah, sometimes you might get it wrong. You might bench a guy who scores two touchdowns, but I'd rather have that option than just every week being stuck with guys who I know are not going to get the touches. And then the other way, and the other flip side of it is if you have depth for most of the season, then when you get close to the trade deadline – you have options. Whether if, if you want to make a push and you have a guy who's been in and out of your lineup, you don't know whether to play him or not, but he's, he's good enough where you could pull off a trade to improve a position. So I think depth is only going to hurt your, your psyche. It's going to hurt your ego because, like Kyle said, you might get it wrong, but you can't tell me that having those guys isn't going to make your team. It's going to make your team better. You're going to have more flexibility. I like both your answers. I don't want to answer now because I you oh, both yeah? done a great job of – okay, all right, I'll answer. Uh, I would go with Mirage. No, no, I would go with Real. It is overrated just because of this. If you don't get any injuries on your team, which would be the greatest and luckiest manager ever, there is no value on your bench. Now, of course, you can use it for bye weeks, but if a guy's on your bench 
he's going to score zero. He's going to score zero. You mentioned trades, Chet. Now, if you've got a league where you can trade future draft picks, way more beneficial because the biggest fear is you trade away a bench player who ends up being a starter for a competitor in your team, and they've gained the value when you got a zero back. So I'll go with real, but going through some of my teams this year, I wish it was better at depth because some of my teams just got derailed after injuries. Right. If you Just because of the running back position and how slim pickings it is every week on the waiver wire, if you lose your RB1, it's probably over. It really is probably over. And so to what Kyle was saying, and maybe this is kind of like adding a nuance to your question, depth won't help you in the playoffs. Depth helps you throughout the season because of bye weeks, because of injuries. But once you get to the playoffs, guys going off on your bench are not going to help you win, right? So I think it can help you get to the playoffs. You have to be a solid GM and and figure out if you can make a move. And and God's reason is a great point. Because I'm in that situation now is if you're going to make a trade, you don't want to make a playoff contender better because then they might beat you in the playoffs. So you have to try to maybe find a way to pick that team that is trying to make a playoff push. Maybe you're, you're already set and locked. You know you're making the playoffs. And there's a team that's, you know, teetering on making it or not making it. And you're like, oh, I'll throw you a bone because you might not even be there in the end. And then the player you get in return could be a difference maker. So, yeah, I think – you, you would always want depth, whether it's real football, fake football, give me the depth. Because that just means you drafted well, right? If you have depth, that means you hit some of your late picks. Maybe you landed some, some guys on. You got James Robinson early in the waiver or Mike Davis. Yeah, give me those guys. Give me those guys. Uh, so last part, we're going back to it. It's, it's become a, a regular here on What the Fantasy Podcast. The name game. Guys that have nicknames in football, or if you're Quinn Torres, that's not even a nickname to get to Julio. Um, so we've had fun with this. I think, I think the overall standings, I think Kyle is now 2-1. and one. Yep, I lost last week. Lost last week. Gaz is technically 0-2, but I'll give him a win. Yeah. He actually just knew the answer. So, I mean, that – You've got to give him a win for that, for sure. So Gaz is now 1-2 and two on the name game. This week we're going with a rookie. Kyle, I think Kyle's going to have a little bit of an advantage being the Big Ten correspondent that he is. Do you guys want to guess who it is? I already know it. Do you know the name? J.K. Dobbins. Do you know the real name? I believe I do. Ooh, that's not fair. All right, well, we'll see if, we'll see if he knows it. Do you know it, Gods? I don't. Okay, so J.K. Dobbins is our guy, the rookie for the Ravens, who's been majorly disappointing. It's not really his fault. Uh, is it A, just kidding Dobbins? Jesus. Is it B, Justin Kyle Dobbins? Is it C, Jaquiel Dobbins? Is it D, Jaquelin Dobbins? Guys, go ahead. D. I do know it. D. Yep, he's right. D. That's the first time this year that you have both been correct. J.K. Dobbins' name is Jaqueline Dobbins. You you almost got me with C, and I was like, ooh, is that right? And then, then you said Jaqueline. I was like, yep, nope, that's it. That rings the bell. I have nothing yep. else to say. Just kidding, I'm le- Dobbins. I'm leaving this podcast. This is the best I'll ever do. Goodbye, and I'll see you next week. Later, guys. <laughs> Bye, guys. That means Kyle gets the final word. I don't have a final word after what happened this week for my bills. Good luck this week. We're going, We're going to the bye week. 
Your team's motivated. You're leading your division. Kyle, if, if we started the season, I said your Bills were going to be 7-3 and three at the bye week. You're taking that 10 out of 10 times, right? Oh, 100%. 100%. There you go. It could be 8-2, and two, but it could be a lot worse. So yeah. enjoy 7-3. and three. Hope the Dolphins lose this week and you get ready for the playoffs. I will say this to everybody listening. Enjoy these last couple weeks. We are already in week 11. Football is rapidly coming to an end, which is scary. Enjoy it. Couldn't have said it any better. We'll see you next week.